All right, everybody, welcome to another edition of What's What BR. We have a special guest with us today. We have Wes Watts. How are you, Wes? Doing awesome. Glad to be with you. Awesome. Well, I'm so glad you took some time to spend or took some time with us here today to fill us what's going on. You're in day two. For anybody who doesn't know, you're the superintendent over in West Baton Rouge. And day two of school, 2021. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, face-to-face. -face, uh, kids on campus. Yeah. Kids so, on yep, campus. Half days, so it's uh, – yep. So how was that um, – I don't want to dive, you know, from the difference, but it's got to be a lot of moving parts. I've learned, and for anybody, I'll say this for anybody who doesn't know, I remember used to be naive when I used to think that schools were, you know, it was dead during the summer. It was the time when everybody had off. And that's absolutely not the truth. If anybody's in the school system, it's about the busiest time. It's, you know, desks are in the hall and paint going on the walls and trying to get everything ready. Yeah. And then now we've got everything that we're living with in this world that we're in today. But How's it moving over there in West Baton Rouge? Yeah, so we've had a great first two days. We brought half of our kids in each day, just kind of do a soft opening, um, just to make sure everybody's still comfortable because we had some, uh, just some last minute changes, you know, and it was a little different this summer. Um, summertime for us from, from like your, your school board level is always the busiest time. That's when we do a lot of planning. That's when our schools are being cleaned and that's when our schools are being painted and all those things. That timeline this year was compressed because we spent the month of June with almost an extended school year. We spent uh, half days in June bringing our kids back, uh, just immersing them in some math and English to try and catch them up. Uh, and, and we did other things with them. We did some recreation, music, art. We just did a, pretty much a whole school day and half a day just to focus wow. on English and some, some of those other things that we think are so important. So then we only had July to really get all the school cleaning. And then in the middle of July is when the, the virus seemed to kick its head back up again. Oh, yeah, I'm hoping, hoping, praying that it's one of these, you know, spikes. Yeah. Somebody told me kind of like over, you know, Britain, they kind of popped up and then fell back down. And so I think that's, that's what I'm saying. I believe that's what's going to happen. We're going to go there. Yeah. But with your, your task with keeping up with all the schools, all the teachers, all the, like everything that, you know, goes on, how does that that's got to be difficult. It's got to, you know, it's, it's a lot of moving parts as far as, especially in today's world, you know, that we're living in that it's, if you don't like what's going on, wait five minutes, it'll probably change. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No doubt. And uh, you know, that's just, it's, it's kind of part of it. Um, that's just part of the position. Right. And the key to that is having a great team uh, that you that I can't micromanage every little bitty thing and nor do I want to. Right, but uh, having a great team in place uh, from my central office staff, uh, but also just having great leadership teams at each school. That's been a huge focal point for us uh, to put not just a leader, but leadership teams at each school. And, um, you know, working through them um, is the, the key to all of it. And, uh, you know, we're very lucky here. We have a, a wonderful community that's supportive. We have a my school board. I, I know I work for them, but they, they're not listening right now um, they're, uh, that I know of, but they're uh, – they're awesome. They're great to work for. They're great to work with. And uh, those things for us on the West side has been, that's a huge part of our success. And uh, but it just really, it really helps these things when it, you have a lot of moving parts. And, you know, some of the, the probably the more difficult things now are is social media. Social media is people can just pick you apart for every little bitty thing, you know. And um, so that, that just means information gets out there quicker. And sometimes it's not 
the right information. And so as much as you try to get ahead of things, sometimes one little thing can be thrown out there and then in Facebook and then it's in 800 homes before you can blink. That's we've lived some of that here where, yeah. you know, some people take things out of context. I try to teach my 13 year old daughter that, um, what you see on social media is not real life. It's not someone else's life. It's their highlight reel. Mm-hmm. And it's also, you need a, you know, fact check, you know, I'm too many times I get frustrated when people, you know, did you hear X, Y, Z? Well, where'd you get that? Well, I saw it on Facebook. Right. Well, where did it come from? You know, and just people don't take the time. You know, I don't know that I could have survived, you know, growing up in this, you know, day and age. If every single thing, every single, you know, it's a picture, it's a comment, it's, you know, everybody puts it out there and there's no filter. Right. And I think people also think that they want to be, they want that kind of echo chamber. They just want to throw something out even if they're not 100% behind it, or even if they don't know that it's true, they just want to see how many people are going to rally behind them. They want that like button. They want that hit of dopamine. You know, it's like, hey, I, you know, I thought this is what I, you know, my opinion is. What do you think? And they just throw it out there, and it really causes problems at the end yeah. of the day. And, you know, and even sometimes our teachers put things out there that they don't really think about, uh, you know, and what, what it starts. You know, so we really tried to work with them. And uh, yeah, when you have, you know, we have about 680 employees. And so that's a lot of folks that can put something out there, you know, so that can go south quickly. But we've done pretty well. We just really emphasize, please stop and think about what you're posting. And is it going to do any good? If what I'm posting, is it going to make a difference? Is it going to make anything better? If it's not, just hang on to it. It can be your thought. We're not trying to, you know, we're not trying to be the thought police here. We just want you to be smart teachers have kids coming into their class from all different walks of life whose parents believe a lot of different things. And our job is to reach each and every one of them. And we just can't afford to lose our ability to impact any of our kids, right? We can't just say, okay, these half of you, you think the way I do so I can impact you. And we just really don't want students to lose, teachers to lose credibility with students because of something they've posted on social media. So, I, and I don't do it because I want to be able to, so I don't have a Facebook, I don't do, and I do a little bit of tweeting, just something positive, but I don't track it for this reason. When I meet somebody, whether it be a parent, somebody in the community, I don't want to interact with them in a way knowing that they've just said something, you know, derogatory about me or somebody or the school. Or something. I don't, I want to meet them in a neutral place because they put that out there, but that has no impact on me. And so that's, I've tried, I don't, I don't, uh, you know, unless something's dangerous, my staff will let me know. Which doesn't happen. I tell people, the the three yeah you know, it's not three hard rules but we try to look at is you know things you always have to read whatever you're going to post and look at it in the most negative way possible because that's the way that most people are probably going to take it so everything can be taken out of context mm-hmm. look at your you know picture you know it's if you're taking a picture of what you're eating but what's you know outside the plate you know what else is there you know do you have a drink over in the corner you know is there an ashtray you know what you know is there other things that you don't want people to see but you were just focused on you know what was right there in the front and then the one that i personally have to deal with which i tell people it's does it affect other people and the example i use all the time is i remember a few years back my wife and i were she surprised me with a cruise we were going do one of those little five days out of New Orleans, you know, do a little thing on Carnival. And 
we were still like had just started leaving, just kind of working our way through. And I started getting texts from people saying like, enjoy your trip. You deserve it. Hope y'all have a good time. And I'm like, what in the world? Like how, I didn't tell anybody I was leaving. And she had taken the picture, you know, on the back of the boat where, you know, we were both there and she had posted, you know, that we're heading off. And it's like, I didn't want to tell anybody I was leaving, but her post affected me. And now, so I've got everybody, you know, sending me messages. Right. So, <laughs> um, people got to think there's collateral damage, yeah. you know, on social media sometimes. So no doubt. No doubt. So, so that's just been a little bit of added to, yeah. to the moving parts that we deal with. I can imagine. So do you guys have a new school that you guys built, was it last, the year before last, or it opened last year? This thing's a monster, right? So both of them. So we built a new um, Head Start through eighth grade school. We combined a, an elementary and a middle school uh, on the north end of the parish. We call it Caneview. It was formerly Chamberlain Elementary and Duval Middle. And uh, just built a, a new school for them. And they moved in in January, I want to say, of 2020, right before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. uh, moved in that building then. and then last year we opened Bruley High School brand new Bruley High School and uh, yeah both beautiful facilities and um, we in 2016 we passed a bond issue uh, of about 90 million and we either we did renovations and additions at every school and then we we built two new schools and then in that also we we had a pay raise for teachers built into that two separate issues uh, two separate um, uh, agenda items or voting items. So teachers got a $5,000 pay raise and then we had the $90 million bond issue. So uh, the schools look great right now. Yeah, we're just very proud of them. They're clean, they're functional, and uh, just very proud of the, the progress we've made there. So one group went in, the combined school went in last January, just got to know their way around and then basically probably had to, you know, shut it down. Yeah, yeah. And then Bruley, how, when was that done? We opened it up in August of uh, 20. So, so the, the 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 combination school called Caneview was supposed to open up in August of uh, 19, and we were and we were delayed till January. So we're about six months behind. So gotcha. we moved in there at midterm. We just waited. We could have moved in maybe in November. We waited till midterm, just trying to make a clean break and give us that time. You know, the Christmas holidays to make the transition. And yeah, and then March 13th, it shut down. And then Bruley High School opened up this past August. We, we opened up in person. We were on a hybrid schedule. You know, part of the kids coming, um, you know, a couple of days and the other half of the kids coming the other days. And, and about October, we changed that and started bringing everybody back in. But, yeah, so we opened two brand-new schools under some weird circumstances. Yeah, well, you bet. Just enough long time for people to figure out how to get around and, yeah. you know, be comfortable yeah. and then change it up. So, so with that, you know, anything, you know, have you heard – you know, sports is, you know, is anybody, you know, I haven't ever talked, everybody's talking, you know, kind of school and what's happening there. You know, have you heard anything with, you know, what the, you know, plans are for, you know, with sports for people is, you know, things kind of, we don't know right now or. Yeah, I think right now everything's a go. I mean, the one difference in this year, uh, well, two things. I mean, as much as it was, it seems a little bit more confusing because I will tell you, for, uh, you know, the Friday before we brought teachers back, uh, we were going highly recommended for the mask. Uh, we weren't mandating it because that was kind of the guidance from the state. And then the following Monday, uh, yeah, the following Monday, um, you know, the directive changed. So we had to change plans that, but that's inside. The difference this year is, you know, last year you wore a mask, you wore it everywhere. So right now outside, you don't have to. 
and also we're all face to face. We had a virtual academy last year to try and accommodate because it was such a new thing and people were pretty scared of it. But we did our numbers, Brandon, and last year, uh, right at 2%, maybe less than 2% of our students uh, tested positive throughout the whole school year. And about 10% of our teachers, maybe, um, we had a little bit more with the adults. You know, the adults mm-hmm. seemed to get it more, but, um, you know, uh, it wasn't bad at all. You know, um, you're talking about maybe 50 or 60 kids that tested positive all year long. And we can't narrow down, but maybe a handful that they would possibly could have picked it up at school. Most of it was at home. Yeah, no, that's, I think, in, you know, I've had the discussion with different people and it's a discussion for another day. But, you know, even if the school, if we weren't putting kids in school, yeah, they're still getting together. You know, they're still, oh, yeah. you know, they're going to go find each other. It's not like when we tell them to stay home, they're staying home. I mean, so. just, I wouldn't have either. And I don't expect them to. They're kids, right? And we want them to live their life. So, um, yeah. yeah. And so I was really pleased with, you know, the way our numbers. And the biggest struggle last year was how many kids and we had to quarantine that were healthy, mm. right? That, that yeah. we quarantined a lot of healthy kids. I mean, kids that were in quarantine multiple times. And uh, we went to actually went to the legislature, I want to say around January or something. And, got some relief, reduced the time, the quarantine time, which was really helpful. Um, yeah. So that's, and it was only because, I mean, we were being extra safe in the beginning, right? And we should have been, cause you just didn't know. But once we realized that, you know, the kids with the mask or whatever, or the, whatever it was, it just wasn't spreading that, that much at school. Um, we think washing hands seemed to help a lot. We had a lot, uh, a lot less other infectious diseases, your colds and your flus and all that last year, you know? So um, that was beneficial. Well, well, tell me what is, and this is, might be hard, but I don't mean to put you on a spot, but I always say, especially, you know, you've got people running up and down, you know, the highway, you know, running around in the community, in the parish, you know, some may have kids in school, some may not, you know, but what, if you could get that message, you know, to them, you know, kind of what would it, you know, is it this is, you know, the goals for the year or this is, you know, look where we've come, you know, what, you know, what would it be? Because not everybody, not even parents, especially nowadays, are walking the halls, you know, in the schools. Yeah, yeah and I think the, the biggest thing uh, and the, for, for anybody in terms of a school district is, is the, having the trust of your community. You know, if they mm-hmm. trust you, then they're going to be really, uh, you know, even if they're not quite sure they agree with you, they're going to give you the benefit of the doubt. And they're going to work with you and they're going to give it a shot. Right. And that's hard. And the key to that is do what you say you're going to do. All right. And then the trust is, you know, what have you done? Um, I think we proved last year that we could keep our kids safe. Um, so I would just tell them, hey, look at the numbers. Don't listen. Don't look at when the when the media puts out there, there were, you know, 5000 new cases. Well, that's less than a half of a percent. How about, yeah. you know, look at the real numbers, you know, versus those yeah. percents. And because sometimes it's, it's fear tactics and, you know, uh, boring doesn't sell, right? It doesn't sell newspapers and it doesn't get hits on social media. So just they, um, there's an old expression in media and I can say it because I'm in media, but I don't think I'm in that kind of media. But it's like right. if it bleeds, it leads. It you bleeds, know? it leads. Right. And so try not to follow that and uh, just build some trust. Like our first what what do we gain by putting kids or teachers in danger? We absolutely gain nothing. We have everything mm-hmm. to lose, right? So just understand that we're thinking about that every step of the way. But we also understand the danger of kids falling behind and not learning. Yeah, and mm-hmm. we re- we re- all realized last year the value of kids being on on campus, being learning in uh, in person, face to face learning. 
uh, and how valuable that is. Uh, and so we can't just keep we, we we can't keep hiding from this virus. Um, and I'm not saying we are. I'm just saying it's a virus. Virus has spread. At some point in time, we have to get out and live and say, okay, how are we going to manage it? Right? How are we going to deal mm-hmm. with it? Uh, and so you get both sides of it. And we know and another reason I don't look at social media because there are a lot of differing opinions on this. And you're going to have those who say this is a hoax and it's not real. And you're going to have those say we need to shut everything down and not go to school for, for two months and let it pass. Well, it's not going to pass. Right. And it's not a mm-hmm. hoax, real thing, you know. So um, trying to block extremes. Right. That's I grew up with the I was always told it's not always black and white. They're shades of gray. Uh, yeah. So. Yep. And so we've tried to be really clear about what we were doing, uh, why we were doing it. Um, really clear that, you know, last year was maybe a little more difficult because you're in the midst of a, of a um, presidential election cycle. And so a mm-hmm. lot of people had the political ties to it. And uh, so just telling people that, you know, we're we're making decisions strictly based on what we think is best for our kids and just. Right keep hammering that message, right? Agree or disagree, that's our motive. That's what we're here to do. That's why I chose to go into education 29 years ago. You know, it wasn't to put kids in danger and it wasn't to, you know, as somebody called me a puppet of the governor because I was following the governor's mandate, you know, that kind of thing. That's not what, that's not why we do what we do. Uh, we do it to help kids, right? Right. And we make mistakes. And like you said, you guys did it last year, less than, yeah. you know, 2%. You know, yep. that's... Um, that's incredible. I think that's, you know, the trust I think is there. I think it's also probably, I've always said, anytime I talk with people, especially in your position with education, it's always trying to get parents involved, Yeah. you know, more that, you know, that's it. Sometimes I feel like I have the ability to say it. Um, I was talking with the, the mayor and I were talking on one of the previous shows over here, you know, in Baton Rouge and she was having to walk, you know, kind of lightly around us. So we we're talking about litter and yeah. blights and all this. And she was doing her great job of being very, you know, considerate and, you know, political for people. And then there's me who's rough and just uncut. <laughs> and I was like, look, this bottom line needs to start at home. You know, yeah. parents need to tell their kid when they open the door and the trash falls out, you know, when they're walking, you know, through Costco park. No, you chase it down when it flies off. You pick it up and you put it in the trash. You know, that's where it starts. Yep. And so yep. I equate that same, you know, when it comes to, you know, kids that, yes, we're all excited. And I think this is the week that we're going to start seeing. I'm with you and you're in the same camp. I don't deal with the social media, but this is where we're all going to see you know, little Johnny standing in front of the front door holding the sign, you know, it's fourth grade. We're going to see all the kids, you know, back to school shots. We're going to see all the parents. And this is where this comes back to all the parents. My wife does one where it's the, you know, kind of teachers, it's your job, you know, now we're done, you know, handing off over to you. I've seen them. They did it. uh, My kid's school last year. It was kind of like a bunch of people. Parents came in with t-shirts. It was like tag your it, you know, and hand it off to kids. It's pretty good. And it's funny, you know, but at the same time, I always, you know, to help and be the blunt person, you know, it really takes, even though, you know, we are getting back into it, we need, I'm the last person that should ever be homeschooling, but to be able to still help, you know, and to be involved, you know, come to the school meeting to engage, you know, voice your opinion, whether you agree with what's happening or not, you still need to be active, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's where it starts. We can't just 
I'm a big proponent of making sure people don't ever, like I said, you may not be able to say it as bluntly as I can, but school's not a place to dump your kid and let them do all the educating. You've got to do a lot yourself as well as a parent. And so, yeah. And I think the biggest piece of that is just like, I'm not going to come tell you how to do your job. Right. It's, it's, yeah. support. it's not, it's not advice. It's support. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell me how to do it. But, um, you know, the, the part of that is, you know, we've been hired, we've been selected, whatever to do that job. What we need from parents is to make sure kids understand how valuable it is. If, if they would just teach their kids how valuable the education is, uh, give them a safe, quiet place at home, maybe to, uh, to do some homework. I don't need to do it eight hours a day, right? But just to really just the, the value of it. Because a lot of times parents, if they had a bad experience as a student, we talk to our teachers all the time. If they had a bad experience as a student, right? And maybe the teachers and things didn't go well, um, they may have a negative connotation towards school, right? And that's not their child's and, fault. It's not our fault, but we have to try and change that. And so, well, and I think exactly to a point, you know, I've listened and I've watched it happen before and I've kind of made some corrections and I sometimes have to catch myself in full, you know, honestly, sometimes as parents, you know, a child might bring home a paper or like, here's a grade and then you're reading it and it's kind of the, you know, you get upset with the teacher. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as parents, we've got to be very careful to, if you're upset with the teacher, if it's, you know, my wife, you know, like we don't have that discussion in front of the kids, you know, like it's, I can completely disagree with the answer was right or wrong. We could play this. We could, if I had a whiteboard, I could do this all day on common core math, you know, just, Yep. (laughs) but it's, it's not, a discussion that I feel personally that you should do because then you change the perception. If that child is listening to the parents say, well, she doesn't know what she's doing or he doesn't know, or that's not right. Or this, that that's going to bleed back into the classroom. And then that's going to work its way around. Well, this is what my mom said. And then this right. is really the case. And then now the teacher's fighting, not only to get the kids to understand, but then because let's face it, they, you know, most kids trust their parents, you know, and they follow their beliefs. And if you've got a parent who's beaten up on the school, the school system, a superintendent, the kid's going to bring that to school. Without a doubt. And so it works both ways when it's good and when it's bad. But even at that, even if the teacher's wrong, it's better for the kid to believe in that teacher. And, and they're going, your child's going to be better off. And then you go and sit and visit with the teacher about some things that maybe you're uncomfortable with or you don't like or you disagree with, right? And just mm-hmm. sit down and have that conversation. Uh, and that's an awesome point, Brandon, not to do that in front of your kids because the kids got to go to school. every same thing in coaching, you know, you're always at home bashing the coach. Then when the kid gets – is he really going to believe in what that coach is teaching him, right? Mm-hmm. It's better if they do believe it. And, and, you know, I had a great example of my dad. I didn't realize that one of the coaches I had in my life was – so terrible because my dad, as a coach himself before, would never say a negative word. Didn't realize that I was 30 years old and I started looking back and go, wow, he wasn't very good. But my dad never <laughs> let me believe that. I never knew that. So I just did everything possible, you know, and whatever was asked. And that was just beneficial. And and so I think that that makes a, a huge difference. And if you do have an issue, then you go sit and talk to the teacher. I mean, do you do that when you get back from the doctor's office? Do you start critiquing what the doctor does and says in mm-hmm. front of you? I mean, we don't do that, right? Uh, and so um, there's a balance there between letting the professional be the professional, but if you disagree, how do you handle that? And from my perspective, if parents will just go sit and visit, you have ways to talk now. Uh, just visit with that teacher and share your concerns with them. Uh, a lot of times you'll, you'll come to a good conclusion, a better, and, and your child will be better off. 
Yeah, and I think there's – and too many times I'm a real data-driven person, you know, within my company and companies involved. You know, it's all about data and metrics for me to the point to where probably most of my staff hates it. You know, we look at numbers and scorecard items like every week we go through this stuff. But I say that because in this I tie this back to where too many times we make decisions or we make up assumptions based on emotion to where if that if you've got a teacher who maybe and if you're having these, you know, oh, well, she doesn't know or he doesn't know. And this is the problem. It's like if you really went back and counted up how many times you had this disagreement you know with a teacher if it let's say it was 10 times yeah and the whole number of decisions that that teacher or school is making throughout the whole school year it's like 10 times you disagreed like really why are we throwing somebody under the bus you know over something like that really the whole like back to your time the percentages things you know let's keep it let's be realistic you know at the end of the day so Keep that in stride, and if you don't feel like going and sitting down face-to-face, jump on a Zoom call. Yeah. I find people can be a lot more blunt on Zoom than they can when you're sitting in the same room with them. And, and I, would, I agree, and I would just say this. Uh, I'm a defender of teachers, uh, and look, we have teachers that make mistakes, and we have we really work hard to make sure that the teachers we have, they really care about kids want to do right by kids. Uh, but we're not perfect by any means. But most teachers are doing the very best they possibly can with the skill set they have and with what they know. What we need, if we want to change education in Louisiana, this is my this is my soapbox. We have to get more of our best and brightest people choosing education as a profession. And if we keep beating teachers up, we keep just pounding the negative about schools that you see all over the place, who's going to want to be a part of that profession? I got into mm-hmm. it. My parents did it. I respected what they did. I wanted to make the same difference in kids' lives that my coaches and teachers made in my life. Uh, but man, if you just keep beating it up and saying education is terrible, it's failing. Who wants to be a part of that? We better start recruit. We recruit kids, and, and we're guilty of this as educators. We we really do a good job of encouraging them to go into engineering and go into the medical profession and hey, learn a skill or a trade and go be a welder, go be an electrician, be a carpenter. We do a great job. Guess what? The one thing we don't ever tell them to do. We don't ever tell them to go to teacher. And if right. we now, if we want to, the easiest way, the quickest way, the best way to make our education system better is to put uh, great teachers in front of kids as often as possible. And yeah. smart people can choose to go be teachers, right? It's not and just tell if I can't do something else, I'll go teach. That's not true. That was that's not true. No, and I think it's telling the stories. You know that that's what's important. That people need to know that it makes a difference. I think every everybody. I would almost everybody's got that one, you know, teacher that touched them, that made that difference. You know, uh, it's there. You know, everybody's got it. But we like you. Good point. We skip over it. It's like, here, we're going to teach you how to go do all this stuff. Now go, you know, do something else. And, you know, hell, let's just be honest. If everybody was honest with themselves, I don't know too many people that were jumping around excited, you know, a year and a half ago when they were homeschooling their kids. Yeah. There was one good thing about it. I think uh, the public really recognized the value, the skill set, uh, the special skill set that teachers have and the impact they have. I think if nothing else, it really made them appreciate teachers. Now, you know, um, I really do. I really think it made them appreciate that because they say, wow, this isn't just that easy. Not anybody can just do this. Right. It is. a yeah. call. It is. a. Call. I couldn't do it. I got three and yeah. I did it one day and. 
gave up after the first day and didn't even look back. <laughs> Delegated the task to the wife. Yeah. And she still probably pissed off at me for it. And at the end of the day, I only had three in the, you know, my yeah. classroom at home. I didn't have 20 or 30, you know, in there that were all, you know, different. So it's, um, everybody just maybe remember that, that, you know, everybody's, you know, everybody's doing the best they can. Like I said, nobody signed up to go to cause trouble or to make it harder for a child. Everyone's there from a mission of service and a mission to help you know and to serve and do what's best you know for the child so i would i would say the majority you have a small percentage of teachers that probably don't need to be teaching right maybe they don't have the right heart maybe they're just doing it but the vast majority 90 percent of our teachers or more do it because they want it they want to help kids and even when they mess up you know their motives are pure they're trying to help it's our job to teach them it's our job to train them right we have to do that but um you know we we were in in 1999 we had about 2,100 um, students graduating from colleges of education, 1999. And 2019, that number was down to 912. Over a thousand less college graduates coming out of the college of education. And I mean, the benefit is we encouraged people to take other, to go into other fields and they were doing it right and having success. But the drawback is we don't have enough teachers. Our pool is not big enough. And uh, we need to, we need to, a bigger pool. We need to encourage. We've started something that's called Educators Rising in West Baton Rouge Parish, where we're literally taking high school students and trying just to, just like we do with nursing, just like we do with welding, just like we do with other professions, and encourage them to go into the field of teaching. What better way? You've got everything there to do it. You don't have to go. You don't have to go build a classroom. You don't have to build a welding shop. You don't have to go build, you know, a medical room. You've got everything you need right there. Yep, and it's a skill set. And, you know, we're working with the, the universities because education is the only field that you don't go into your freshman year. You go into engineering as a freshman. You go into the – I was a pre-med major before I decided to get into education. You, know, you just go into different fields. But in education, you go into a content area. You go – you learn about English. You go, you go math. And then after your sophomore year, you have to have a certain GPA to get into the College of Education. So we're hurting ourselves. Yeah, I mean, think about your first couple of years of college. That might not be your best years of college since sometimes. You wow. know, there, <laughs> you want to have a little fun your first time. The, Monday, the Mondays, yeah. you know, the yeah. Monday and sickness, so you know, nobody can be anywhere on Monday so morning. Never refresh. And your GPA is not at a certain level. You can't get into the College of Education. I mean, we're, we're, we're kind of cutting our nose off despite our face in some ways. And so we've had some discussions with universities statewide in there. They're listening, and I think we're making some progress on that. Well, that's awesome. I never thought about it. I'm glad you bring it up. It's a good point. Teach everybody to do everything but what we need, you know, the most of. <laughs> yeah. so. Well, look, Wes, I, I appreciate it. I talk about, you know, there's more important things that you have to do than sit around and talk to me. So I appreciate you making some time. You know, it's going to be an interesting year. So, yeah. No, man, I look, I'm passionate about this. I love talking about it. If you want to talk about it, I'm, I may have chased some rabbits. You don't want me to chase, and I apologize. But uh, <sighs> I just uh, – I think we do better – uh, for our students in Louisiana that maybe we get credit for in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a whole student kind of person. Uh, I think we have to teach our students morally, academically, socially, and spiritually. Uh, I think we need to hit them on all four assets of that because we're developing human beings. We're not filling people. We're not pez dispensers of content or knowledge. We're developing mm-hmm. humans that need to be able to think critically need to be able to get along with others, need to have compassion for others, right? Need to have some, some self-discipline and some self-drive, 
Um, you know, all those things are just as important for somebody to be successful. We want our kids to be successful when they leave us. And Absolutely. And it's a lot more than just knowing the facts, right? That's poor you know, that's just knowing poor. when, you know, war of X was fought or when this was there, you know, that's a piece, but nobody's nowadays, asking me about that. No nowadays more. you can just Google it. Right? Exactly. So what you are you know. doing with that information? What are you doing with it's more important than what the information is? So it's kind of where we are. Exactly. Well, I appreciate it. And I'd love to have you back and check in and hear kind of what's going on. This has been fun, you know, to, you know, hear, you know, kind of where you guys are and what status I think it'd be awesome just to get some information out, especially once, once you're in the rhythm of, you know, kind of what's it looking like for this year, yeah. and, you know, maybe who some of those, you know, kind of some of the rising, you know, maybe we can get, grab a teacher or two, you know, and okay. have them jump in with us. So, man, I, I appreciate the opportunity. I love talking about education and uh, I love talking about West Bend Rouge Parish. They've been, it's, it's a great place. So I appreciate the time, Brandon. I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate it, sir. And we'll definitely have you back. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you.